Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number 10 of the Casa Delaware Live podcast. I'm Lauren Breckner, the Delaware State Training Director, and this episode is released on Friday, July 3rd, so happy holiday weekend. So this episode is pretty awesome because we spend time um, getting to speak to a client. Um, This is a young lady who is in extended jurisdiction, so she is technically an adult. She's over 18, um, and she tells a little bit about her story and kind of where she is in the world and sort of her life. Um, It's a great, great example of resilience um, and how... Amazing people, especially young people, can overcome amazing challenges, um, and she has certainly done that. She has utilized uh, all the services that have been provided to her through independent living and the CASA program. She still t- she uh, still has a CASA, and she visits with her judge every six months for review hearings for her extended jurisdiction. Uh, status and all is going well with her. So before we get into um, that discussion. I just want to make sure that everybody knows how to input their training hours and monthly hours into the CASA portal. So since this episode is aired on July 3rd, you should be inputting your information for the month of June. So I have sent out um, an uh, about seven minute video that shows you how to use the CASA portal. It's called the Apricot Connect portal. Um, so pretty much, I think like 98% of CASAs are set up properly. I'm still working on a few, few left, but you should be able to log in, enter your monthly hours, one form is submitted for your training hours or your training hours, which is just a general, you know, just the total number of hours that you donated um, to the CASA program through training. So I know this sounds redundant because I also ask you to complete an in-service credit form when you listen to a podcast like this or watch a video on our YouTube channel or read a book or watch a movie. And the reason I ask for that in addition, because it definitely is redundant, but the reason is because we calculate those that's that data in two different ways. So you complete the in-service credit forms so that I know I have some verification of what training you attended, and also it helps me identify which types of trainings people enjoy and are taking advantage of, such as the podcasts, watching videos on our YouTube channel, reading a book, um, doing a movie, attending a webinar, things like that. That really helps me. So in your monthly hours, you're going to submit um, one form for the hours that you spent on your case, and then another form under monthly hours that you spent on training. Um, So it should just be a total number. Uh, We round up, so be generous, no problem. Um, You know, if you spent two hour, two and a half hours, certainly certainly go up to three, that's fine. Um, And again, we use all this data for funding and for just justification of the CASA program. So all of your information really helps. Um, And on the Apricot portal, there is a section that says submit face-to-face contact. So as of last week, sort of like the last week of June, the CASA program has advised that CASAs are able to visit with their CASA clients. Um, We strongly suggest outdoor face coverings, um, six feet apart, um, but absolutely respect um, the wishes of the foster home or the um, place where they are living. Um, There might be at-risk people living in that home. So work with your placement where the child is placed to identify the best way to be able to Uh, physically see your child Um, and we're super lucky that the weather is beautiful and nice outside so maybe meeting at a park or um, at a playground or I don't know somewhere outside might be nice um, where you can maintain that distance and yet still have a a quality conversation with your youth uh, with your child especially since it's been quite a quite a long time since you 
directly saw the child. So um, when you're filling out your forms for June, if you have been able to see your child, make sure you submit that form. So when you log on to the Apricot portal, you'll see three options, like three sections of, the, of items that you can fill out. The first one is the monthly hours. That's the one you'll use the most. So that's the one that you'll go in, you complete a monthly hours form specific to your case. That's how, many, how much time you spend on your case. And then another one of those exact same forms, but we will select training. And then any other miscellaneous hours you might have, such as serving um, on the Friends of CASA or Friends of Sussex CASA board um, or, or anything like that. Um, the second one, the second option is if you are available for a case. So anytime you come off respite, which is our break um, situation, um, you can select that to say that you are available to take a case. Now, I will say that means you are available to take a case today, not next week. Um, you know, if you're not available till next week, don't submit the form till next week. Um, and then the final one is your face-to-face -face contact. So as you start to set up face-to-face -face contacts, um, go ahead and fill out that form. So, and if you have any questions about the Apricot portal and the documentation of your monthly forms, please let me know. So it's best to kind of email me what your situation is and I'll, I can troubleshoot most of the problems. Um, most people seem to have the biggest trouble with passwords. Um, so if that's your situation, uh, let me know and I'll be able to help you. So my email address is lauren.bruckner at delaware.com gov. That's L-A-U-R-E-N dot B-R-U-E-C-K-N-E-R at Delaware dot G-O-V. So without further ado, let's get to our client interview for podcast episode number 10 with Client Rose. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Welcome. So tell us about yourself, a little bit about your, your past, your history, and kind of how you ended up, I'm going to jump right in, how you ended up in foster care. Um, well, basically, my grandfather had got arrested, and he, nobody was able to, like, take care of all of the grandkids, and, you know, we just got put into the system. Did, as simple as I can put it, I guess. Yeah, sure. Did you have siblings that came into care with you? Yeah, I had um, two sisters and a brother. Okay. Yeah. And how old were you when that happened? Well, I was probably like, I think I had just turned 17. So okay. I was pretty, I was way older than when this usually happens. Yeah. Of your siblings, are you the are you the oldest? I am. Okay. So yeah, so so you had been living with your grandfather and then he was not able to take care of you. Okay. Yeah. So when you first came into foster care, like what were some of your challenges that you experienced in the beginning? Um I don't I mean, one of my main challenges is with being comfortable, like I don't know what I can and can't do here. A lot of new people just wanting to be comfortable. 
and you know, just trying to be like really kind because I really did appreciate this. Like it was something I really was grateful for. Oh wow, that's so that's so good to hear. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not all kids feel that way. Yeah, I, I know, but I just try to look at it in a brighter, more positive way. Oh, good for you. So as you aged out of care, um, you know, what what was that like? Like knowing that you were tur- you came into DFS custody at, at 17 and then turning 18, were you excited or kind of fearful for your 18th birthday? What, what did that feel like? I mean, I mean turning 18 is a big milestone. Like usually everybody's really excited. And I was, don't get me wrong, but I was also nervous. Like, oh my gosh, I'm turning 18. Like I know this is usually the point where you rock out by yourself, but it was, um, I guess I used to say I was nervous about it, but I stayed cool and collected. Good for you. I think not not all not all folks can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so do you did you feel prepared to, you know, quote, become an adult? Um, no. But I kind <laughs> of like pushed myself to do it. Like I went and I got a job, like my first ever job. And I just started getting things together that I knew I would need. Like, I knew I would need, like, credit. So I signed, I got myself some credit cards. I paid it off with my job. Started a savings account and all that. Just trying to do things that I knew I would need. Wow. And how did you know you needed those things? Um, my, my grandfather, I don't know. He would, He always instilled in me, like, things that we should know, like necessities. Okay. Good. And did you feel, did you, did you have an independent living worker? I did. Was that person I helpful or, or not too much? Yes. I absolutely adore her. She's fabulous. Oh, good. Was she helpful in kind of explaining kind of money management? Yeah, really. Like, she helped me so much, like. Yeah, it's super overwhelming, um, all the things that you need to know, should know, and, and probably don't because it's so much. <laughs> yeah. How about your CASA? Was she helpful for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And she's, like, I feel like people just are too serious, like the kids sometimes, like, and you just have to remember everything is going to be okay. And these people are here to help you. And she definitely has. She talks to me consistently. She keeps up with me, asks me how I'm doing. And I just think everything is really easy going. Oh, good. Do you appreciate the support, like, for her asking you those questions, like, how you're doing? Yeah. Good. Okay. So do you have any suggestions or ideas of way, ways the child welfare system could be more supportive? Um, I think things are pretty good right now. I would say that family visits, like meeting up with your siblings or whoever else that, you know, you can't really keep in contact with, like, as consistently as you used to. I really think that that could be worked on a little bit more, but... Everything else is 
pretty down pat, I would say. Okay, so you had a pretty decent experience with the child welfare system. Okay. Um, are are your sibling are do, are you able to still at least keep in touch with your siblings a little bit or not too much? Well, I live with my sisters now. My two sisters live with me. Okay. My brother, yeah. So that that was convenient. But my brother, um, he was separated. He lives in a, a different house, but I still talk to him on a day to day basis. Like we text, we communicate, we FaceTime. Yeah, good. Like, I can go see him whenever I want it. Okay, so you still have some, some connection to him. But maybe when you guys were mm-hmm. all in DFS custody together, having some more consistent visitation would have been helpful. Yeah. Okay. Do you mind if I ask, do you, do you still, still keep in touch with your grandfather? I do. I talk to him every day. Oh, good. I know, it's, so, it's kind of weird in this current pandemic at the moment, like how to keep in touch with people. <laughs> All about communication. Yeah. I find myself using my phone to actually call people as opposed to scroll the internet or Facebook or something. Yeah. And I usually don't. Like, I avoid phone calls, but lately I've been taking them, so. <laughs> Good for um, you. Yeah. So where are you working? Uh, I work at IHOP. Okay. Currently, but at a point in time, I had two jobs, but... I'm quick. They try to make me clean the bathroom. That was not in the job description. So, <laughs> yeah. No. no, thank you. <laughs> no, like no. Mm-mm. Okay, so you are in extended jurisdiction, meaning that you, are, yeah. you know, are still you still come to court every six months, and your casa is still involved. What do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think about extended jurisdiction? Is that helpful? I think it is. It, it gives you a way to get yourself together because, you know, when you're just turning 18, you might not have all of that stuff. You might not have a place to stay. You might not be financially stable enough. Or you might just not know how to access things that you could access with a parental guidance or or somebody around that can help you that knows what they're talking about. But with extended jurisdiction, you still have a place to stay. You you can do things, you know. Mhm. It's just it's really helpful. Oh, good. Okay. And do you feel that you you get support from your family court judge as well? Oh yeah, for sure. Good. Yeah, she's really. She's good. Okay. Um. Do you, so it sounds like you've got a su- good support team between the judge, your casa, and your independent living worker. Yeah. Okay. If you could change anything about the child welfare system, what what would you change? I don't know. Because, you know, it's different for everyone. For me, it's been really smooth sailing. Um, like, I don't know. It's really different for everyone. Like, if you took my brother's perspective, he would probably say the opposite of me because he's had such a different experience than me. Mm-hmm. Of course, I've been along the way, but Okay. Do you think it's been smooth because of your personality and your resilience and perseverance to like try, you know, make, to identify that people are trying to help you and to accept their, accept the help? Yeah, I think so for sure because in some people's eyes, they just see it like, 
there's so many rules, you can't do anything, da da da. But it's all in how you want to take it. If you want to see the experience as a bad experience, well, that's how you're going to see it. And I just chose to make the best out of it and to appreciate the opportunities that I've been given. Because a lot of people don't have this. A lot of people aren't offered a place to stay after they're 18 or or, or anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, you sound so, so positive. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so in your experience, um, how do you think that a CASA volunteer can best help kids that are appoint- that they're appointed to work with? Um, I just think trying to keep them uplifted, not trying to let them see the negative things, like, like oh, you have to live with these strangers, da da It's more of, well, here's an opportunity for you to better yourself in this time like just I don't know just find just help them look for things that would be helpful for them like helping them find a job or or just talking to them really okay so just let them their own they'll only see negatives like they won't think that they're being helped oh, wow that's really good advice yeah to focus on the positive Good. Okay. And you said you appreciate when your CASA volunteer calls you to check in and see how you're doing. She'd be like, how's work? How are you? How are the kids? Oh, awesome. Do you have kids? Oh, no. No, no, no. Not me. <laughs> As in my sister. Like, oh. I, I'm there, like, well, in the past, I've been their parental figure. I see. taking care and now I feel like this is an opportunity to give yourself a break, like especially for somebody that's older. Like if you are seventeen and you're just entering, you might have been that parent figure in the past, and now you can hand that to somebody else, like your foster parents. They can help you. Your workers, they'll assist you. I just think it's really helpful in giving yourself a break and it's time to work on yourself. Wow, that's really that's really impressive. Yeah, did you feel before DFS took custody that you were the parental figure for your siblings? Oh, because you know, with just my grandfather, it was like he really can't like I don't know. He really just doesn't have the motherly teaching skills mm-hmm. of to raise and stuff. So I always picked up the slack in that department, like and cleaning and just doing fun things with the girls. Mm-hmm. I like that you call them your kids. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet they look up to you quite a bit. Well, I would hope so. I do a lot. It sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like they've got quite a bit to be grateful for as well. <laughs> Wonderful. So what are some of your future goals? Where, where do you see yourself in five or ten years? want to go to college right now I'm just like saving up so it'll take off less of the financial burden but with the program like there's a lot of scholarships and opportunities to ease that as well so definitely something to take advantage of but I do see myself going to college graduating becoming a nurse and just doing basically just continuing my goals that I had before all of this. Okay. 
So what kind of nurse, are you interested in any particular type of nursing? Trauma. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Good that's for you. Me, that's me. Sure, sure. Do you know where you want to go to college yet? Um, I really thought into Dell Tech and then probably finishing at UD or something to take advantage of the seed program because there's so many things that students and, and kids aren't aware of that they can take advantage of, and that's just one of the things I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. So it sounds like you know you have a good handle on what is available to you. Yeah. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, do you have any advice for any any other children that would enter foster care? Like anything you would share um, to to any of those folks? I would just say like, don't beat yourself up. Don't try to sit around and be sad. Like go and, and do things that make you happy uh, try to communicate and all that communicate with like worker workers or, or volunteers and stuff like that I'll say, I would say like anybody that's in this program trying to help you I think you should communicate with your foster parent I think you should communicate with your CASA workers your judge if you need any assistance ask for it it's not like they're not going to help you that's literally their job yeah so i would just say don't be afraid yeah speak up for, for sure because if you're in a situation where you think this could be fake or that could be fake or you could be a little bit more comfortable definitely speak up because it is achievable Good. Yeah, just just keep asking asking for assistance. Mm -hmm. Good. Did you did you have a good up? Uh, did you like where you were? I don't know if you were in a foster home or group home or anywhere, but did you like where you were? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. I created a really good environment for people to flourish and and just just really relaxing, just to know that. There's people taking care of things for you, and that you don't have to do everything by yourself. Oh, good and for you. Just to get the mind and the body, just to be able to rest and relax and worry about yourself a little bit. Yeah, do it. Sounds like you're you've got a busy life with work and and you know focus saving up to go to school. I mean, that's a lot to think about just by itself, let alone other other things. Yeah, and then you have and then on top of that. You have people that assist you throughout the way if you need it. If you want to ask help to apply to school, they'll do that for you. If you want to know about more scholarships, you have scholarships, especially being in a foster care or something like that. There's scholarships for that, and it's just so many positive things that people don't see that I feel like your worker and your foster parent can shed light onto you with because that they know about this stuff and they can teach you so there you go you have a little bit of more a little bit more knowledge okay yeah sounds like you have a very very supportive extent I'll say extended family yeah Wonderful. So, um, so if you want to be a trauma nurse, do you? Um, I, I apologize for my ignorance, but would that be like in a in a hospital? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, some like, emergency room. 
would be my preference. I don't know. Something I just feel comfortable in. Yeah, very cool. Wonderful. All right. Um, so do you have anything else you'd like to share? Any any other thoughts based on your experience in foster care and being in an extended jurisdiction? I think all around, it's, it's a good thing. Have anything bad to say about it? I think anybody that is in this situa- the situation could benefit, and that's the best way to see it. Yeah. And to, yeah, take advantage of any anybody that's offering help, um, use yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not something that keeps on coming, so take it while it's there. Right, right. When you go to your court hearings, um, are you able to talk openly with your judge and express some of your I, concerns? Yes. Everybody has their say and, and lets out what they want to let out. And it's just a very easygoing process. We get to talk for ourselves. Oh, good, good. And you feel that everybody's listening to you. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful, Rose. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Sure. Wonderful. And best, best of luck with all your aspirations. It sounds wonderful. I'm sure you'll be an incredible nurse. I hope so. It is the years go by. A friendship will never die.